trapped in my head. Hi everyone, we're back again and welcome to Marinade Mondays. So guys, today we're here with the topic do opposites really attract? Do they? Ooh. Oh my. And guys, we've got the juice in here. Like we have so many things to discuss and we just want to highlight um, our social experiences, how we're raised and how they affect our overall life um, as we're growing and as we enter relationships. We're going to just start off like talking about what do we think experiences do to shape our views of life and do these experiences mm-hmm. that we have really shape our views of life? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, it's a key thing because it took me, it took me such a long time to actually personally realize that um, there's something called a third culture kid, okay? And after a lot of TikTok research, I was like, oh, I'm actually a third culture kid. And that's someone who was raised in a country that has got nothing to do with their citizenship or their parents' citizenship. Mm-hmm. And they were raised there, but then eventually were moved to another country and are currently living in another country that has got nothing to do with their citizenship or their family. And so wow. I realized I was, I was raised in Germany. I went back to Ghana and now I live in Canada. And those are three different cultures that have made me who I am. And mm-hmm. so that influences the way I view life. And, yeah. and so when people say, you know, like, where are you from? Like, you know, you have to do all of that explaining and stuff, but it just made me realize that, you know, it affects the way I view life. I like, I'm very time conscious. That's a German thing. Um, I am very, I'd say I like to be very like meticulous. You know, I, I my pet peeve is people like being late for things. Or even if you're being late for something, not giving an update or like speaking, those things are like, if, if you've lived in Germany, you know, like people are very big on time and people are very big on discipline. But at the same time, the Ghanaian in me is very relaxed um, when it comes to certain issues and things. And then the Canadian in me is also very outgoing, you know, loves to make (laughs) small talk with people. And I think that those things shape me as a person they shape the way you view life the way you do things and just how you approach things overall i love that love it thoughts on that see i was i I don't think i'm a third culture kid i don't know if there's something like a second culture kid but maybe i'll just jump into that because that's me i was born in the u.s raised in the u.s for a little bit and then moved back to ghana lived in Ghana for most of my life, I would say. And then now I'm back living in the U.S. And for me, 1000% experiences shape your views. I would say in Ghana, in my home, I was raised to be respectful, to be hardworking, just very, very key things in the Ghanaian culture, you know, to be friendly, to be relatable, to be hospitable. So these things I carried as a part of my being into to my new space and everybody knows um your culture shapes who you are yeah, the american yeah. culture there are certain things here that are different from the Ghanaian culture but it was finding a way to blend both worlds for yeah. me so blending my Ghanaian um hospitality and respect to um the american culture of being vocal even to the elderly like knowing your um knowing your boundaries with being respectful but also being vocal and not being respectful to be afraid to voice out opinions because 
American culture, you can, you can, it's, it's good to have good conversation regardless of how old a person may be. But the Ghanaian in me is, the Ghanaian in me teaches me to be respectful and assertive when having such conversations. Um, I would say the the American in me builds the confidence to, you know, just thrive and just be, be confident in who I am as a woman. But blending, I I would say I have more of the Ghanaian in me than the American in me. And it could be that, um, I'm still learning different things in this in this country, but um, definitely like when things happen, even as things happen over here in America and even back home, the the my responses to those things definitely are are, are a reflection of how I was raised as a kid or as a yeah. young woman. For example, like certain social issues, um, my my response to certain social issues will be as a virtue as virtue of how I was raised to to perceive life life situations. Like there's a a lot of people generally say like Sonia is just so optimistic and she's lovable (laughs) and you know and it's because I know like the certain things I've experienced in life even back home with certain unlimited resources coming into a space where there are, I mean, certain limited resources, sorry, back yeah. home here, unlimited resources, just coming from a place of appreciation yeah, makes me feel so optimistic about any and everything. Like I yeah. have a, a general positive outlook to things, even yeah. on my job. It's like you bring in the sunshine and yeah. you know, pushing people on and it's, the Ghanaian in me, because, yeah, you know, yeah. with nothing, we basically make things happen. Something, yeah. So, so, so over here in America, There's more than enough. if yeah. I have this girl, we can make it happen. Let's yeah. go. We can yeah. create an entire new universe. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So true. Yeah. So yeah. that's it for me. Mm-hmm. And I would say definitely like our experiences do shape our views, you know, like growing yeah. up, even how we grow up, like, I think mommy and Sonia really touched on like the country perspective and like yeah. growing up in different countries and like um, how the culture in those countries affect you. But I also think um, views from the different views from the perspective of the homes that we grow up in. Yes. Could, like, for example, with our spouses, like we could both have grown up in Ghana, even to some extent, but we would have different parents and different ways yeah. that our parents brought us up. You know, our parents would maybe allow us to be vocal, allow us to be expressive. Whereas maybe you get married to someone or you're in a relationship with someone. Yeah. Are like, you know, um, haven't taught them to be vocal. And now you you're together with yeah. this guy and you're having discussions and it's like, does this guy not want to participate in the conversation? Mm-hmm. But you just realize that they haven't actually been socialized in a way that allows them to know how to actively communicate whereas you have had the the forum or the opportunity in your home to express your views they are more like you know kids stay silent like um you're seen and not heard whereas like from in my family like we we have family meetings we would sit down and chat like if you hear me anyone who's listening to this was my friend i've had friends listen to me talk to my mom and they're like I thought you were talking to one of your friends. Like there's that level of conversation. Like when I'm talking to my mom and my parents in general, even as we've grown, I feel like there's this really open way we can communicate and talk about things going on. Some people don't have that. So if you're entering into a relationship with somebody who's like that or who's had an upbringing like that, they might feel like you're attacking them or you're (laughs) you're too confrontational, right? Because they're not used to that. So I feel like 
not just even country-wise, but even though you and someone might be in the same country, there's a very different way that they may have been raised and how, Agreed. and, and we're going to transition into how these upbringings end up affecting our everyday choices. Like how are these things going to affect? I mean, we are married here on this podcast, as we've said several times. So our mm-hmm. perspective is going to come from, we're already married. Like we, this deal is done for us and it's sealed. And so we want to like give you guys insight as well into things that you can look at and how these things are going to affect your long-term choices. So like, I just want us to like throw light on how specific issues, mm-hmm. like how do we think how someone is socialized ends up affecting us in a relationship? Yeah. And I mean, I just, I actually just want to go back to where you're talking about us having family meetings. Yeah. So, I mean, Nan and I, obviously from the same home. And so every weekend we would go back home from um, school. Like this is when we we're in uni. Um, over the weekends we go home we have family meetings my dad addresses what's been going on with him at work my mom speaks about her job yeah like your update everyone gives their update right and then we speak about things that we would like to do in the week moving forward and sometimes we even address things that maybe one parent may be doing we're not happy about okay I was I was telling my husband about this thing and he said and I was laughing I was trying so hard to control my laughter because in his home, he told me they tried this thing once. <laughs> he told me that they actually tried this thing once. And if my like my brother and sister-in-law are listening, they can attest to this. So they said they tried it once and, you know, they vocalized that they didn't feel happy about certain right. things. And the week after, it was, their mom was just like, you want me to say this? So you say we're mistreating you. And oh, right. You know? and, and now it had just become a whole reverse thing. And now yeah. it was like the family meeting had backfired. Okay. Yeah. And right. so I think like, that's also a thing. Like even our parents, I think also maybe had the privilege of yeah. raising us outside of Ghana. And so with that came a certain perspective yeah. of how to raise yeah. kids that yes. may not be as African. It may there was a lot of westernized um there's a yeah. westernized way we were raised which i only realized yeah moving when back moving back and being moving married back. because yeah. when i realized oh this is this is not a ghanaian thing yeah, it's and not normal till date my husband is like you're not really a ghanaian like you just have <laughs> a story, you know and we joke about it but i realized that because of my socialization and my upbringing that certain things i do the values that i have how i approach life will be different you know and just in terms of it like shaping my views and affecting my life's choices it's like i mean i can go to my parents like at the time in uni you know and think about the fact that oh you know what i think that i need a vacation yeah okay and i can tell my dad that you know that i think i need a vacation and we would actually do internships so that we could earn the vacation yeah Yeah. And, and there was a time that i actually like I went straight to this law firm. Like I sent an email. I'm like, you know, I want to intern with you guys for six weeks. Because Just to impress our dad. I wanted to make vacation. sure that after those six weeks, I could go to New York. Like, um, like after that. Like, yeah. Okay. You know, yes. but realizing that that's even like a, a privilege, privilege, a privilege yeah. or something that like other people can just like wake mm. up and do it yeah. influences the way I view life. And so even in my marriage yeah. or even in my relationship or relating with people, it affects the way I approach life. Yeah. Because to me now, 
nothing is out of my reach. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, have, I had a friend tell me once yeah. that I'm one of the few friends, female friends he's dated that has never asked him for anything. And I'm like, why should I need something from you in a relationship? Because my father gave me everything I need. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus someone who may have been um, in a family where there might not have been that access or provision. Yes, and so right? they now feel like a relationship is where um, the partner has to take care of them. Yeah. Right. So I, I think it, it has really affected my choices yeah. of life. Yeah. Where I wanted to study what I wanted to do. I never yeah. thought about applying for a master's program and thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Because I knew like, if it came to that point, my dad would find a way to pay. Right. Yeah. So it affected what school I chose, yeah. where I yeah. went to where I moved to. So definitely, I think it, it has affected yeah. my choice making in general. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just like, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I would say in my personal experience, I, I just, uh, my mom made her soul rest in perfect peace. Um, she was, you know, my sister and I grew up with my mom. My, my dad lives in the U.S. Um, and so it was just, I'm so grateful for the kind of relationship I shared with yeah. her because it's made me a better woman for it. And, you know, my sister and I just throw back to the, to the fact that um, she's given us the, these key major or major life lessons that has shaped us and put us on, yeah. on a good path for making decisions, for being confident as a woman. And even the relationship I shared with my parents, even my, though my dad lives in the U.S., I still had a very good relationship with him. That open, open door conversation. Yeah. Uh, my mom lived in the U.S. for a while before we moved back home. Um, so I would say that there was a mix of Ghana and, and America. Yeah. In there. But I, my mom was definitely an open book. And yeah would share a lot with with us as we would with her and there are certain things about being a woman that a lot of sometimes i talk to some I, some of my friends and they didn't have those conversations with yeah. with their mothers at certain age at certain ages but my mom had certain conversations yeah. Yeah. to sex to marriage yeah. so it influenced my choices it influenced my decision like i d- decided to stay chased till marriage, you know, and, and, and it was part of the way that my mom raised us as, as women, as godly women, as godly women. So I definitely, the way you raise your race influence your choices and your decisions. Now in relation to my relationship, like my husband was raised, um, in, in a different way where, um, he too, he was exposed to varying opportunities and, you know, the father did exceptionally amazing at providing, yeah. you know, for financially and whatever they needed. And, and so like, for me, I come from a home, I came from a home where I didn't have as many of the financial um, um, opportunities, but in our relationship, we found a way to blend yeah. both worlds because yeah. like under, yeah, blend both, both experiences. So it's basically about understanding how I was raised yeah. in relation different aspect of our lives and yeah. and how he was raised my husband sometimes jokes jokes that i've made him the most emotional man on this planet <laughs> <laughs> i'm so like you know yeah. so cutesy and lovey-dovey when it comes to that yeah. and because of how much he loves me he he learned the art of yeah. doing yeah. I would say like now my husband sends more emojis than i could ever send yeah like, so- <laughs> Because it was all mushy, mushy, lovey-dovey when yeah. I was growing up 
or kiss yeah. my mom good night on the cheek. Yeah, you know, your environment. And yeah. Little, yeah, little things. And so yeah. he's like, oh, okay, this is what my my wife loves. I'm going right. to learn how to give it to her and give it to her in abundance. Yeah. So, my husband, if you're listening to this, thank you for all the <laughs> you see emojis. <laughs> we love to see it. Yeah, right? Yeah, and, and that's like, I, I love the fact that, you know, Sunia spoke about the different perspectives, like from your spouse or um, your spouse to you and um, how those experiences, you know, shape how the relationship even moves forward. For example, like if like how I previously spoke about the fact that um, if you're from a home whereby you guys are used to having open conversations and you get married to someone who isn't used to having these open conversations and now there's something bugging you and you sit your husband down and you're like, I think we need to talk about this. And they feel attacked because they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like maybe in his home, we move on. And then it's like, everything is fine the next day. Whereas you're not used to like sweeping things under the rug for you. It's like, we need to sit down. We need to process this thing because I don't want this hurt that you've caused or this little thing to become a bigger thing. But for them, it's like, oh, okay. Their parents never said sorry or their parents never like accepted it. And, and I know for most of us who are, have African backgrounds, this is typical, like African parents hardly ever say, I am sorry for something. They either bring you food or they come and say, have you eaten? Or they come and say, um, I left your food <laughs> on the bad. counter. Or, um, and do you have enough money? I'm going to yeah. give you some money, right? They never actually come out to say, I'm mm. sorry for lying about something or I'm sorry about doing this thing. And it's also how they were raised that's passed on to us, you know, and I, I have a daughter, so I try to make the point, even though she's really little, like even if I, right, I startle her a little or something. I just try to say, sorry, okay, mommy, sorry, I'm sorry, like I raised my voice, I'm sorry I did that because I want to practice it so she knows okay. that I can accept my fault and I know when I am wrong to be able to also grow up knowing that, okay, this is how things work, right? And that also yeah. really shapes our, um, our view and I want us to like throw like highlight more how mm-hmm. do these different backgrounds affect us in relationships and like in partnerships like in marriage like choosing a partner how do these things like these different backgrounds come to play like yeah, yeah. we know you're from a different home I'm from a different home but what how do the effects kind of like show themselves yeah I think um just like going back to what you said about even addressing issues coming from a home where you discuss things openly. And yeah. Like my husband used to walk out of arguments in our dating phase. Okay. Yeah. And I would say that during that time, I, I realized that this is someone who might not be in touch emotionally. So this person might be someone who was raised in a way that maybe they're not allowed to talk back. Yeah. And so it might not be that they don't want to address the issue. They don't know yeah. how. And yeah. so the best thing is to escape the situation, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. so we found a middle ground. It's like, maybe you don't want to talk now, but I need you to not walk out of this room. Yeah. I will give you the time you need when you're ready. We discuss, right. Yeah. But we're not running away from the situation. So yeah. those are real things that come to the surface. Yeah when you're yeah. dating someone yeah. and I mean you 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 can say and there was one time I actually told him I'm like if you walk out again this relationship is over right because yeah. I I realized that I could no longer deal with someone who was not emotionally in mature touch, yeah. enough or emotionally in touch to have an actual conversation and if someone wants to remain in your life they will they will I'm just putting that out there because 
I mean, it was kind of an ultimatum I gave. And it made him realize that I love this woman. I want to keep her. And so I will learn how to be emotionally mature enough to to handle our conflicts instead of walking away, right? And so I think that maybe the way he was brought up in not addressing issues, it came to the surface as not being able to discuss things openly, but he worked through that to get to a point where like, I mean, this was years ago. We've been together for about seven years now. He's never walked out. We have mature conversations. So sometimes people need time. But then going back to your question about like backgrounds, like if you're dating someone, my husband and I are in different professions. I'm in law, he's in medicine. So it means that the way, although we're both in professional jobs, the way we talk about work is different. Yeah. The way we address, I was, I was telling them that, I mean, if you go through my husband's phone, you'll find like pictures of diseases, bloody, stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be in there. Right. Yeah. But I may have like screenshots on my phone of like, what's the latest like immigration law? Like what's the yeah. law? Like, yeah. I mean, so it affects even the way we, we talk. He might use terminology that I might not understand, yeah. like just coming to that place. And so, background it might be financially like yeah how yeah. What, what class recently i spoke to someone they said i mean i'm from a higher class my the man i'm about to marry is from a lower class my family had issues with that yeah Why? because that and i told her this i said one thing to her i said i know you love this man and your marriage will thrive but yeah. the people that are talking about this marriage are yeah. looking at real issues yeah. okay because They've been there long enough to, to know that what pops up, these things will come up. And so when you're dating someone know that in the long run, you want to avoid as many Many issues as possible. possible, Right. So they're trying to eliminate, right. They're trying to eliminate some. And so you will find that some Africans are very tribalistic because they're trying to avoid barriers in relationships yeah like you don't want to go and then your your relative are speaking a language you don't speak exactly yeah right you know and so i think really it's it's so important like if you're rich maybe you want to marry someone rich there's nothing wrong with that if you're middle class you want to marry someone that's middle class you guys can see eye to eye yeah you've eliminated that issue if you're from an old, a vocal family you want to marry someone that's vocal go for it yeah i personally always said that um, I'm from a charismatic background and I would never want to marry someone that's outside of that school because I don't yeah. want to cross that barrier. So yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Those are and, some challenges and I feel face. like not even to cut you off, like since you're running, um, your, your ending, what you're saying, but even when you spoke about the fact that we would like, we practically took vacations every summer while we yeah. were doing our bachelors. So we'd go to Germany, we'd go to the Netherlands, we'd go to the U.S. Yeah. and it was like, we'd do all those three countries in every trip. And for Mm -hmm. us, that seemed normal, right? And then let's say now you're going to get married to someone and this person feels like you're a money waster. Because they've never taken a trip in their life. Because they've never taken a trip in their life, right? So then there's this situation where it's like, oh, I I think I need to take a trip. Like, even if it's a two-day trip. And I mean, after I had my daughter, I went to New York for like three days just to sleep without a back to Toronto. And I was like, okay, yeah, I just needed that three days. And someone would be like, why would you fly all the way to New York? just to get like rest, you know, but there's this like this, uh, disassociating a place and being able to just get rest in a place that that person may not understand because in their home was survival. I mean, yeah. it's like we pay your school fees, we give you food to eat and that's it. There was nothing like luxury. So you get married yeah. to a person like that 
and they don't understand the concept of relaxation. And that's something that they need to learn as time goes on. And so those are some of the little disparities in even talking about marrying someone from different income um, income groups, because your yeah. parents are thinking, if she marries this poor guy, like, is he able to, is he going to be able to meet the needs that she has? And, and your parents are going to be concerned because it's like, this is how we raised our daughter. I don't think this guy can keep up the lifestyle that we have raised her in. And it's so, so funny. It's, yeah. And it's a genuine yeah. concern. It's like, right? oh, the poor guy. But at the same time, it's also like, oh, the poor guy. You right? Know? <laughs> right? With no negative intent. Yeah. But this him. is a realistic situation whereby it's like, and people ask me, right? situation. Yeah. I would say that really, like, every ultimately, every human being, whoever you meet, has yeah. a form of background. Yeah. Everybody has a story. Yeah. Every single person has a story. So when you meet someone, really, I would advise all of us out there, really, yeah. like what's on my heart right now to really share, is when you meet someone, be be teachable, yeah. be teachable and as much as you you're you're desiring to 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 teach be teachable so that someone else can teach you if if there's if there are certain things that you grew grew up knowing yeah. and you're in a relationship with someone ultimately you want this to lead to marriage open up yourself to learn what makes this person who they are yeah. what annoyed why i why is their reaction to situations right? not yeah why they choose to just yell when they're upset yeah. why does this girl crawl into her room or bed when she's sad and wants to yeah. deal with things alone you might be having a lady who grew up more independent yeah. why does want me to help her why yeah. does i feel like in asking those different questions what as is, you yeah. the way a person is yeah. you get to know more how to handle that person. Yeah. Like we talk of even financial backgrounds, you yeah. know, some people are raised in a more wealthy home than others and are more um, privy or more, um, they're more exposed to certain situations. Yeah. So if you meet a gentleman that you ultimately want to build your life with, who yeah. is the opposite of that? What can you, how could, how do you, and I think that's leading into where we are heading, which is yeah. finding ground. How yeah. do you find yeah middle ground and mm-hmm. I, I, really it's be teachable be teachable be oh, be willing to learn in as much as you're willing to teach yeah. and and in today's day and age i really noticed that in a lot of relationships it's like everybody wants to rush to the end and i don't know what the end is yeah. you know what the end is is defined differently for different people mm-hmm. but let's really really take our time the best things in life take time yeah. if i want to bake a good cake and i don't i want it to come it's the timing of it will tell how yeah, moist or how hard the cake is going to come out of the oven so mm-hmm. if i really want to have a happy thriving marriage Put time and invest time into knowing your partner's upbringing and into being teachable about their upbringing and being real. Have those real conversations. Let's not try to sugarcoat or try to, because in marriage, there's no sugarcoating. This leads from our previous podcast, which is vulnerability is openness and nakedness coming naked and ashamed. So, which means I'm not sugarcoating. I'm just saying as I know, but in love, in respect, and also given that your partner, the opportunity to do same, let's not just draw conclusions and write lines and write specific boundaries that leads us to have specific 
expectations mm -hmm. that leads us to have to eventually have specific disappointments specific mm -hmm. expectations can lead to specific disappointments mm -hmm. so i i think let's i i i was very led here as you can tell i got yeah. so passionate <laughs> but I, I love and i love all you've said so beautiful. much especially about having like a teachable spirit and then yeah. um, also being a good teacher these are like really important things that in as much as you're trying to get your spouse on the same page it's important yeah. that you think about the fact that this person is not brought up in a wrong way and i always say i, I always this yeah. is, my go-to is always that no way of bringing up is a wrong way Yes. Every way someone was brought up is the right way because that's the right way to them. So you can't actually see someone and be like, oh, you weren't raised uh, the right way. That's the best that they knew. And that's how they were raised. So I feel like it's always just about a different perspective and difference of opinions. You know, yeah. why does your, why does my, my, uh, my partner always rush when we start eating? Did you think about the fact that maybe they had about six siblings and they all had to <laughs> share food? Wow. Right. And whereas maybe you're a single child. So any food you got was yours. You took your time to eat and you'd be wondering, ah, this guy I'm dating, like he's always eating so fast. Like, why is he always rushing when we go to a restaurant? But then you need perspective. And I feel like I would encourage and admonish everyone. Like if you're dating someone, you're getting to know someone, try to dig deeper because marriage is forever. As Christians, we believe that you get married and it's a signed deal till Jesus comes for us all. And so dig deeper, get to know the person that you're with, find out their background, find out how many siblings do they have? Do they have to share? Did they always have to, you know, I mean, mommy was a crybaby. So when her ice cream falls, <laughs> have to give her mind, right? So I, I feel like also being a twin makes you kind of used to sharing. Yeah. Like, so wow, when I yeah. meet someone, I'm, or my spouse or my partner, I'm so open to sharing because having another sibling makes me like, naturally a sharer in a way yeah. as compared yeah. to someone who has always had everything for themselves they right. don't see why they should share yep. Yep. you know and, and so that's pretty much what i would say yeah i think that like just like coming to the end of course like i think that one key thing from all of this is like be patient mm -hmm. in your be friendships in your dating mm -hmm. because i can confidently say like my husband now and one promise he made to me from the time he's told me is I will always strive to be a better man for you. Yeah. And he has proven yeah. that with every month, every year, every single day we've been yeah. together. And so yeah. sometimes you just need to give people time to become the best version of themselves. Yeah. And so yeah. you might be opposites, you might be different, but yeah. sometimes, and at some point you will find a middle ground, yeah. but it yeah. all just requires patience. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, so this is us. Do opposites really attract our socializations and how they affect our everyday life? Let's know if you want to hear more from us and want to hear more about this. Love you guys. Until the next time on Marinade Monday. Monday.